Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And you guys are going to love this one. I've got a rock star on the show today, Mr. Don Shin. If you don't know his name, you want to stick around. This is going to be amazing. Stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen, let me bring on Mr. Don Shin. Don, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken, how are you, dude? I'm I'm really good, man. I'm I'm excited to have you on. Um, we met. What was it about a month ago at the Jeffrey Gittimer Joe Soto Mastermind? I can never remember the name of it. Is is that bad? It's yeah. or, accelerate organ organized, organized acceleration. That's it. There we go. <laughs> I abbreviated OAMM so many times that I forget what it is half the time too. <laughs> oh, so so um Don is the I mean Don, you're you're so many amazing things. You're the CEO of Action Coach, um which is one it's one of or the largest um yeah. coaching the company in the world, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. 80 markets, uh, almost a thousand coaches. Yep. That is insane, man. And you're the CEO. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, so, one up. I'll, I'll say one up there. There's uh there's a few of us, but yeah, one of, uh, one of the C you're the CEO of the United States market. Most of the U S market. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> That's crazy. Still unbelievable. So, so you, you, um, I started this show. It's been almost exactly three years now, um, and and I started it to help people have a breakthrough in life. And when I started it, I was stuck, <laughs> so I did it for selfish reasons. <laughs> but but I, I I just you know look, I know that by hearing other people's stories of how they got stuck and they got unstuck. I, that's healing for other people, man. And, and, and that's why I love doing this. So, so Don, let's start with where you were born and raised. Yeah. Yeah. And as uh, when you and I were chatting a couple of minutes ago, yeah, boy, that's going like way back. And, but yeah, I was born in New York city. I was the, so I'm a uh, second gener generation, I guess you would say. So my grandparents uh, and my great grandparents uh, came from Europe or and Eastern Europe. Uh, yeah. Through Ellis Island uh, in in there, New York City, there was a New York City back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, actually, now I like the city. A part of my story, I'll, I'll tell you later. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I like the city now. When we were living there, it wasn't such a great place to live. But wow. uh, yeah, yeah, and what we moved. Part? We moved what? when. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, what part of the city were you born in? We were in uh, Queens. Okay, uh, my parents. Uh, were uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, and uh, I guess they uh, the upscale or, or the step up was to move to Queens, you know. Nice. Uh, and then the, the the long the long plan was to get out of the city. Back then, it was uh, it, it was uh, it was just the the city was transitioning in a bad way, 
And uh, the goal of many, many people in my father's generation was to be able to get out of the city. So okay. uh, we, event we eventually did. I actually uh, still live in central Pennsylvania, basically where most of my most of my life uh, we, we spent in central PA. My father uh, was in the Navy okay. uh, for uh, during the war. Uh, he came out uh, and uh, very much blue, blue collar, uh, blue collar experience, uh, went to night school to, to get some college, uh, but ended up being a civilian employee for the Navy, uh, worked in the, the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Uh, and in the wow. 60s, they were determining that there was too much concentration, uh, so many bridges across so many rivers and, and waterways that there was too much concentration in the city. So they started moving some people out. Uh, and my, my dad's uh, department was moved from, from New York City to central Pennsylvania. And like, okay, so that had to be a, like, how, how old were you when you moved to central PA from New York City? Yeah, I was I was ten. Okay, and, uh, I, and I I love to tell the story because obviously I I at the time I had a very strong New York accent. Yeah, somebody just said that. Look, yeah, I know. yeah. <laughs> that's right. You you can lose it as a kid, and you don't lose it as an adult often. And so my my mother never really lost it, but I'll never forget. You know, you you talk about things you remember. I'll never forget uh, first week of school. You know, we had a read. We they went around desk to desk. Every kid had to read uh, from from a book, and I was way in the back of the room. Last name S. You know, you got stuck in the back of the room alphabetically, and so I I got my opportunity to read, and there was a pause, and and literally, I kid you not, the teacher looked around all the other kids down the aisle and said, <laughs> "Listen to this," said, "You're not from around here, are you?" <laughs> oh, the, the new kid in the class, the new what kid the in the heck? school, already with the accent thing going on, and the teacher highlights, "You're not from around here, are you?" So that was my uh, that was my welcome to Central Pennsylvania. <laughs> that's really that's really the teachers. Some teachers, I, uh, I mean, she was dude. a lovely lady, but uh, it wasn't <laughs> what I needed. It was not the confidence builder. <laughs> that I needed. So, uh, so anyway, we overcame. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, so it had to be a pretty big shock though for, for a 10 year old. It, it, it was, it was, uh, I had never, you know, I'd always walked to school, uh, you know, in the city, uh, my brother would walk me to school. Now I had to get on a school bus. Um, never had to, never had to make friends. Uh, so now suddenly, uh, uh, suddenly I'd had to make friends. I remember uh, a kid across the street. In fact, he's going to be in town this week. His his older uh, sister passed away, and uh, but anyway, I, I remember trying to meet him. He was out playing in his yard. I was out playing in my yard, and it's like uh, you know, I'm I'm doing something stupid to try to get his attention. You know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was quite a shock. It was quite a shock. So, so, so you, I'm assuming you eventually blended in, you made friends, you went to school there, high school. Did you, did you, um, and this is in Harrisburg, right? Area it's in the, or? Yeah, it's in the Harrisburg area. Yeah. It's actually, uh, the city's divided or the area is divided by a river. So I'm on the, 
on the west side of town, so to speak, more suburb than city. But my, yeah. my buddy Mark Gassert said he grew up in Lebanon, PA. So yeah, well, I'm in uh, I'm in uh, more of the Camp Hill Mechanicsburg. In fact, when we told people we were moving to Camp Hill, they actually thought we were like moving on base or something. They thought it was some <laughs> they thought it was some military <laughs> thing. <laughs> wow. So um, and there's there's somebody joining us from hell. <laughs> Oh, great. Joaquin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we're close to Paradise, Pennsylvania and Intercourse, Pennsylvania. So, <laughs> And there's a couple of other ones I won't even mention that are really, really weird. I won't go public with. But we're, yeah, that's sort of central Pennsylvania. <laughs> that's funny. We actually did a show, Glenn Morshower and I, one night. We zoomed in on the map. Because we were talking talking about people bringing up their the weirdest area or weirdest, and we brought up intercourse Pennsylvania. <laughs> There's some unbelievable names over it's there. It's down there. There's a few right around. Do that some other time privately, and you'll see yeah, other, right. some other really, really, <laughs> really, really right. interesting. That's so funny. But so, so did you end up going to college then? I, I did. I did. Uh, uh, yeah, went all the way up through local uh, high schools here, uh, went to, in fact, my wife and I talk about, I don't know why we've been talking about this recently, but yeah, we, uh, we she and I met in college. Uh, I went to school in Pennsylvania. I remember wanting to go to a school, a particular school for accounting. It was, it was local, but it was a private school, uh, very expensive. And candidly, I couldn't afford to go. And so I went to a state uh, a state school and um, ended up uh, paying for 50 to 60% of it myself. My, my parents did all that they could to, to pay as much as they could. I ended up funding probably 50 to 60% of my education. So walked away with, with no, no debt or anything of that nature, uh, worked my butt off every summer, uh, uh, every vacation, uh, worked double shifts. You know, I was putting in 60, 70 hours a week uh, in the summers to, to, to make enough money to, to stay in school. Wow. Good for you. And you, uh, you, I thought you were going to say, I made the smartest decision of my life and drove over to Ohio state university. <laughs> no, but, but, uh, it's funny you say that because my, my daughter went for three years to Ohio state and then finished oh. up at, at Liberty. Um, wow. but, um, it was one of, it was my goal that um, that my kids would would that I would be able to pay for my kids education. And that, that was awesome. one of my sort of bucket list or or lifelong yeah. goals. And uh, but I made a deal. and I think this is a, an important lesson uh, for anybody that's got teenage kids. I made a deal with my kids and my my oldest, my daughter. I'm not quite sure she believed it, but she figured it out. And my son got it after seeing what his sister went through. But I said to him, I'm there. Look, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff you can do, uh, and 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 if for some reason you pick a school that that mom and dad didn't fully, you know, save for or invest for, uh, I'll pay any student loans that or or any kind of uh, funding that has to be repaid. I will pay for it as long as you do your job, and that is graduate in four years, graduate on time. And my wow. daughter did. My daughter did not. Uh, so she ended up with a little bit of a little bit of debt that she had to pay after she did graduate. Uh, and my son actually ended up getting getting some academic scholarships and stuff while he was a student athlete. And he's got he has no debt, you know, nothing that he had to, that he had to end up paying off. So I highly recommend anybody that has teenage kids because you can 
you can do the loans and the grants and FAFSA and all kinds of uh, good stuff that you don't actually have to cash flow at all out, uh, up front. Yeah. But I recommend having that some kind of a deal with your kids uh, because even, and, and I'm not a knock against Ohio State, but in their freshman indoctrination or orientation, um, they actually told the kids, oh, don't worry too much if you fail a couple of classes. We have a couple of things that are like free uh, where we won't, we won't, we won't give you an F. It won't stay on your transcripts. I went, what? You know, you, wow. you're setting these kids up to go four and a half or five years anyway. And wow. uh, that, that was not the deal with my kids. So. Wow. My, yeah, my, well, you met my wife. She's on here. She says, hello. Um, so she went to, she went to a, a, um, a private college and her, her dad, um, her, her dad, this, this, this is what she, my parents and I had the same deal. Yeah. yeah. So no, we um, were, we were fortunate that we did, we were able uh, to, we were able to pay for all the kids stuff. We, it was, you know, you look back and I, and I know this store, this show Ken is to help other people. I look yeah. back at, in life and I, and there's pockets or things you go through. And, and one of them I felt I've done well was, was investing to be sure I could meet that goal of, of the kids going to a school. Uh, yeah. And we, we kind of uh, gauged it as a Penn state, uh, you know, kind of in state school, Penn state's not technically part of the the Pennsylvania university system. Uh, so it's even more expensive, but we, we geared toward and told the kids we'll pay for this. Now, Ohio state out of state was much higher. And my son going to a private, he went to a, also to a private school and, yeah. and, but we were still able to, to, to afford all of it for the kids. So one of the things I did well. That's so awesome, man. So awesome. Colleen said her daughter got a full ride. That's awesome. That's hey, Colleen. Uh, I know yeah. Colleen actually working with Colleen on a couple things. So uh, you hi, know Colleen. Colleen. I do. I do. She's a client of mine. She's a dear friend of mine. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, Colleen is absolutely amazing. So, so you, you, um, let, let's go back to when you graduated from college. Um, what was your degree in accounting? No, it actually was in general business. I oh, okay. uh, I was going to go the route of um, what was it called? Gosh, I can't remember what it was called back then. Sort of what the computer science. Actually, it probably was computer science. Um, yeah, it was probably even back then called computer science. And so I was going down that path. I made that switch from uh, from uh, actually being a math major at one point in time into the business school, wanted to be into computer science. Uh, 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 an advisor said, oh yeah, you know, we'll kind of move things around here and still let you graduate on time. Well, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't keep up with all of the courses. So somewhere in there, I went general, what was called general business management. And I did graduate on time, but it was really a general, a general degree with kind of the equivalent of an econ minor, if you will. So, but stayed wow. in business. Stay yeah. in business. So you get out of college, you graduate college, um, and what you took over as CEO of Action Code. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, it was funny. I was uh, I was in a fraternity, and um, it was a very difficult the mid to late seventies. It was very difficult to get employment, and and yeah, Mark, absolutely. Hack is a great school. Wish I'd have realized that back in the day, but. Yeah. Uh, um, it was very, very difficult to get employment out of college. And the, um, 
<laughs> the thing, you know, crazy things fraternity brothers do. Um, we 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 would post our rejection letters on a wall. <laughs> so, oh my god! <laughs> wow. So you know, you were interviewing set back in the day. You know, there was no monster or or, or career builders or Indeed or you know. So it was all kind of on your own and and you know, but we would when we would get re rejection letters, which everybody was getting a lot of. You know, yeah. we would put them on the wall in the fraternity house. Um, wow. but I, but I did, uh, I was able to get a, a, a job out of school working with a, with a small business owner, uh, didn't pan out, but then I started to get into the bigger corporations, the, the, uh, back in the day, uh, Burroughs, which is now, um, uh, I can't think of who they are today, but they transitioned into a different company and then the 3M company. And then also uh, an electronics manufacturer by the name of Amp Incorporated, which uh, today is um, uh, TE Connectivity. They were bought and so forth and so on. So, so you worked for 3M? I did. I did. Wow. One of their Minnesota, divisions. What is it? Minnesota Machining and Mining? Mining and Manufacturing. I mining think. and Manufacturing. Okay. Yeah. Great, wow. great company in yeah. in. Uh, again, I don't look back at any any kind of regrets, but I left because the uh, we were anticipating that within eighteen months to two years that the uh, division uh, I was in was was going to have such a shakeup. I figured I was going to be out of a job, and I was I was correct in the shakeup was going to eliminate my job. What I what I missed was 3M was such a good company that they actually had job fairs. Uh, across the company, they felt you, you know, they had hired you, you were such a, a strong employee, they did not want to lose their people. And, wow. and so everybody who wanted a job got a job. And, and so that was, that was really pretty cool for them. I, I still landed in a great place. I, yeah. I still landed exactly where I, I wanted to be. So it, it, it worked out in the long run. So. That's incredible. So, so you, so here you were on the, um, how do I say it? I, I, I couldn't have done it personally, but you were on the, the corporate, uh, hamster wheel. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I say, um, I always talk about, I was climbing the ladder and every once in a while I went, uh Oh, maybe it's on the wrong wall. You know, maybe I've got the ladder <laughs> yeah. up against yeah. the wrong wall. Um, but yeah, and actually it was really, really good for me. I, I think I always had in the back of my mind that, that, Hey, I'd, I'd love to own my own business someday, but what would I do? And, and I, I just never had the, the catalyst to, to go out and do anything about that, that dream or that little thing that was in the back of my head. So yeah, we, we had great opportunity. I did business in over 30 countries. Uh, my family and I got to live in Japan twice. Um, I, I was selected as one of the top uh, executives of the future, so I got a, quite a bit of additional training and wow. and and leadership skill set development. Uh, and then one day, you know, a company came in and and uh, made a hostile takeover to acquire this, you know, seven or eight billion dollar corporation that we were. And somebody eventually, the white supposed white knight came in and rescued us, supposedly. Wow. And, and so uh, I survived all of that. Uh, a lot of horror stories of colleagues who lost their job. Uh, there was a colleague who literally had arrived in China 
to uh, to run the Chinese operations there and literally got an email uh, that said, you're fired. Uh, start packing everything up and going home, even though they had just got there. Like uh, just the same day? or this, Well, I think it might have been actually the same day, but I soften up the story and say it was the same week. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I'll soften up the story. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So you it was moved crazy. To China. So, like, you move all your stuff to China. <laughs> yeah, you're, his stuff actually hadn't even arrived. When you do an international move, yeah. a bunch of stuff goes into a container, goes on a boat. And like six weeks later, it shows up. So his stuff hadn't even arrived. Oh my <laughs> so, god! So it was it, it, it was crazy times. I survived all of that, but I recognized that I, I was no longer a player there. So that that was that was my catalyst to to uh, you know take the take the bull by the horn. I, I was I, I was. Um, I felt so strongly that I was not going to be one of those people that one day looked up from their computer screen to see the HR manager and the security guard escorting me out of the building. Uh, because because uh, sometimes, you know, not in necessarily in that company, but, I, I, you know, I've heard a lot of uh, downsizing stories where literally that's what they do. They, they, they go office to office and escort people out. Uh, that's, and, what happened. Uh, that's what happened to my wife. <laughs> yep. She was VP of marketing of a five hundred million dollar company, and they, they that's they, they eliminated her department. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I was just felt wow. very, very strongly. I, I was not going to let that happen to me. And, wow. and so I, I, I am. I used all of that sort of negative uh, energy, yeah. if you will, to turn it into something uh, that that I could control my own destiny. That I could go out. And that was the very first time I, I uh, owned my own business. I was actually uh, I was actually the very first franchise partner for Action Coach in the United States. So a lot of you don't get to meet too many people like me, candidly, not bragging or anything. But how many people wow. e even sometimes, you know, meeting the, the founder of a company or some of the first people in? Well, as I said, we were uh, Australian based at the time. And I I came in as an area developer or a master franchisee. So I actually started my first business in 2000. And as I said, used that whole corporate experience to say, I, I want to change the, the culture around me. Uh, I, I want to take control of my own destiny. I want to be responsible for, for my success and not have someone above me be responsible for, for my success. So, you know, let's talk about about the the beginning stage of that because I've started many companies. I have no idea what it's like to start with a, a nice bank account. <laughs> like I, I've always started with, with just hitting the hitting the door to door grassroots. And, and and you know, so you go from from I would say, I don't know, you had to have had, I would imagine a six figure income and, and this cushy job. I don't not, maybe not cushy, but it, you know, my, yeah. my wife always says never, ever, ever underestimate the value of a weekly paycheck. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So, yeah. but you yeah. go from, you go from this corporate job where, where you have a guaranteed income and you're like, I, I, I can't, 
And so you're going to buy a franchise that franchises aren't free. So you're buying the very first master franchise of Action Coach. What yep. in God's name made you think you were qualified to do that? Well, you know, when I look back at it, I go, what were you thinking, Jim? <laughs> you know, I, I, I um, but but I, I did. I took about five or six months, I actually worked with uh, a, a career coach uh, to help me determine what were my skill sets and and what what really drove me what 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 were my passions what were my motivations so i worked for a number of months with with someone guiding me through all of that and, and i and i felt i needed to be in a people business and i needed to be in an environment where i could give i needed to be in an environment that that i could contribute and in, and impact people's lives uh, but also build businesses. You know, there, there was always a piece of me. In fact, in my corporate days there, I had the opportunity for about three, four years to build a small department. And and we, we got it up to 20, 25 million dollars. And that was like a, a small business within the big business. And so that was exciting. That that really motivated me. But it had to really still had to be in that that people segment. So yeah. uh, when I when I found Action Coach, it was. You know, honestly, it was a no-brainer. The master franchise model uh, ha allows you to really build something uh, beyond yourself, and and I and I had a greater uh, impact. Uh, my goal was not so much for me to carry a client load of coaches, or pardon me, of of uh, businesses that I could coach, but rather find other people that wanted to carry those client loads and help them develop their 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 clientele and. In that way, I, I could impact far more businesses in Pennsylvania, and then eventually I, I acquired the rights to New Jersey as well. So, uh, so I ended up, and, and by the way, just full disclosure, I ended up cashing in. the The investment was uh, middle six figures, uh, middle to upper six figures over the years. Uh, I cashed that all out uh, um, handsomely, you know, nicely uh, in 2015. Uh, was away from Action Coach for about three years, and then the uh, founder of the company asked me to come back in in this executive role. So, wow, dude. So, but but here's the thing: you were the first one. <laughs> like I but said, it, what, what it, was I thinking, what, Ken? <laughs> uh, no, I'm. <laughs> I mean, they must have had one heck of a sales pitch. At, uh, you know, to, it's honestly, it was just knowing I was in the right place. Uh, yeah. And yeah. and this is something because uh, I still do. And, and when I was away, I, I did uh, this really kind of this career coaching where it's often called franchise brokering or franchise consulting. And I still I, I still work with people who are referred to me. And so it, it was really and now I didn't I, the career coach kind of helped me. I, I do a lot more extensive work with folks than than she did with me or, or in a different way. But sure. it was really the, it was really knowing I was in the right place. It right. was, it was really feeling the passion. That's why I said it, like I said, I'm not really that big a risk uh, oriented kind of a guy, uh, you know, Hey, you're working, I'm working for a fortune 200 size companies. That's not risky, you know? And um, although in today's day and age, you, Candidly, with, with the way corporations shift people around and downsize this quarter and hire people next yeah. quarter, you know, if you're of a certain age, you're you're pretty. It's it's often risky having that. Believe it or not, having that paycheck from 
from the bigger companies anyway. So, so I, I just knew Ken that I was in the right place. I was excited about about this. I actually even left early enough that I I lost a forty five thousand dollar annual bonus. I, I walked away from. If I'd have stayed like an extra four months, five months, I I would have gotten this bonus. And so, so you're thinking you thinking that? Oh yeah. Well, I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but uh, we were having the company was having a good year. I knew there was a bonus there. I, I I wouldn't say that I knew it was that much, but I knew there was a bonus there. So um, I just felt I could I, I could have a greater impact and make more money by starting my starting the business quicker, yeah. sooner. Yeah. Wow. So so um, it's that's that's impressive. I can relate. By the way, I can relate. So many people have said to me, what were you thinking? <laughs> or what are you thinking? You know, so I, I get it. I think that there, you know, you say I'm not, I'm not much of a risk taker, but, but dude, that's a huge risk. It, that's, that, that's a well, big risk. Again, it was calculated. You know, I, sure. I, I brought my wife in, into the mix to, because I wouldn't do something without her support. Sure. And this is something I encourage everybody. You, 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 if you're married, you need that spousal support. If you're not married, you, you, your circle of friends. Now don't let those people hold you back because they won't always envision the dream that you have. Right. So it's gotta be a, a balance by, and look for the people that will support you, if you found the, the, the right thing and you're, you're, you're following uh, the, the dream. So some people will not see that vision because they don't have it for themselves. So they're not going to see it for you. So there's a kind of a balance in there. But anyway, my wife and I talked a lot about it. We said, especially again, being the first one in the US, we kind of said, look, you know, um, if this is a bust, you know, in two or three years, can I, can we rebound? You know, so we had an amount of money we were willing to to put in and, and a number of years we were willing to wait uh, to, yeah. to see it turn around and those things all worked out. So, so obviously it was the right thing to do. But I mean, you know, something to keep in mind because people don't, you know, people see, um, I've heard Grant Cardone say this, you know, people don't see all of the, like how many free speeches did Zig Ziglar give? I forget. <laughs> it was like, 1500 yeah. or something insane. Right. Yep. And, and so people don't, you know, people go, Oh my gosh, look at Don Chin. He's an overnight success, but you don't <laughs> like, there were 20 years of, of like pulling your hair out. Literally look, look. Well, I, <laughs> like, and I went in, you know, it's funny. Cause I, I work with companies now uh, again, in addition to the work I do with Action Coach, but I work with other companies to to franchise their business. It's one of the other things I do. If they have a a concept, uh, is it franchisable? And and I was recently near you. I was in Lancaster, uh, Ohio, working with someone. And um, one of the one of the things we talked about is well, your industry is well known, and so you're not going to have to explain to anybody what you do. But back 21 years ago. When when I started uh, as the you know the uh, coach in essence yeah. and talking about the coaching industry, there were no coaches back back in those days. That's why I use the the phrase I work with a career coach. I, I don't think that's the way she really built herself. Was maybe a little bit of a life coach, but coaching was like, what, what do you mean coaching? And and so yeah. we had to create the market here right. and educate people and then sign them up. It, both as franchise partners as well as clients. 
So those that first five, six, seven, eight years of a of a new industry, you, you've got to recognize you've got to educate first and 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 then you know make the sale. I think that's the scariest part. You know, when I started my web development company, people were like, you know, looking at, yeah, I think maybe we should get a website, you know, so there were customers. I knew there were customers. You're going into something where you're the very first guy signing up for this new thing here in the U S and it wasn't like you had people banging on your door going, Hey dude, go start a coaching business and and invest high six figures. (laughs) But like, but I will say from the risk factor can to be to be uh, transparent, there were there were almost a hundred franchise partners elsewhere in the world, right? And, but not and in I, the U.S. But not in the U.S. So so it definitely was it was a stretch. But at least I could look at the Aust- and because I had global contacts, you know, I could look at the right. Canadian market, I could look at the Australian market, the New Zealand market, and actually I actually had a friend. Hey, look this company up for me, will you? And he he literally went and physically visited them in Australia to make sure they were legit, you know, to make sure it wasn't wow. some boiler room <laughs> kind of a thing. Wow. And um, but I had those kinds of contacts. So I could flesh out the concept and, yeah. and then take the risk to say, yeah. will it work here? That's that it's just impressive. I I personally I, I think it's really impressive to say, yes, I'll invest six figures into this business that um, has zero customers even interested. They don't even know it exists. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's Steve Jobs level stuff right oh, there. No, 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 it's no. it's just impressive. So, so you, um, so it, you said that you did. Now, what year did you start the Action Coach business? Uh, Two thousand, and okay. and then uh, and then I, I I I ended up starting. Part of Pennsylvania ended up acquiring the the rights to the whole state. Then a, then bought somebody out actually in New Jersey. So ended up technically franchise terms with three territories or three three franchise units and sold them in 2015. Yeah, wow. And and so so what did you do in 2015? You got out of Action Coach. Where where'd you go from there? Yeah. Um, again, <laughs> total transparency. Um, I had started a, a telemarketing company, uh, an appointment setting company uh, for my franchise partners, and then we were we were relatively successful inside the Action Coach community in in uh, the U.S. and in Canada. Wow. And um, but in the long run, that didn't work out. Uh, mm. We well, let, let me put it this way. Depending upon your your measurements, um, we we found um, uh, we found a niche in in hiring people. Uh, we we actually eighty percent of our staff were people that that either had drug problems and or were had been incarcerated, and so it, it turned out to be a second a second chance kind of kind of ministry for us. Wow! And and so. Um, because they were good on the phones, candidly, based on their li- their life stories, uh, they they could, you know, they could put up with somebody swearing at them or hanging up on them. That was that was minimal abuse, you know, compared to what they had been through in life. Um, but they wow. brought a lot of uh, a lot of problems. They brought a lot of baggage with them. It was difficult to keep yeah. them working, and 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 they weren't consistently showing up. So I started that company. It did not. 
Uh, that was my intent for that to that and the franchise brokering and the franchise consulting to really be my future. And yeah. uh, just didn't pan just didn't pan out that way. Uh, but the the kind of the more pure consulting uh, and the franchise brokerage uh, ha has really really worked well for me. Uh, and then, as I said, uh, Brad Sugars, the founder and owner of Action Coach, uh, called me back. He needed somebody to walk right into that CEO role, and he's there. There's probably nobody around that uh, that knew the knew the people already, you know. So I had credibility in the franchise organization as well as uh, understood franchising and could step right into that role and be successful. So so that worked out well, and and that's where majority of my time goes today. That's amazing, man. And of course, I've heard of Brad. Brad Sugars is it with an S on the end? Sugars. It is. Yep, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I mean, I've heard of him. I know. I think Jeffrey Gittimer's friends with him, right? They or, are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And and I, uh, when I mentioned the measurement, Ken, uh, as to what success is, the business itself was never dramatically successful financially for us, but where where it was successful was, uh, again, not trying to be uh, egotistical or anything, but where I think it was successful was in the impact that we that we made on people's lives. We I yeah. ran the business differently. I ran it from a faith based. Uh, you know, we, we would have an open you know morning kind of huddle. Anybody wanted to join in and a, a, sh a short prayer to open up our and a little bit of sharing to open up our our day uh, was allowed to do that. We, as I said, we gave people chances who couldn't get jobs, and you know, one of one of the people that that was one of my that was my sales manager actually is now a motivational speaker and and author, and he goes into schools now, talks about kids making choices uh, every That's day, awesome. uh, and, and we another gentleman I know came back one day, and I and and I didn't quite recognize him at first. He was in a he was in a dealership, a car dealership, uh, mechanics shirt. And he said, uh, and he was telling me, hey, I never would have gotten that job unless I had a little bit of employment experience with you gave me, Don. He got married. Uh, both of these guys got married. Um, wow. it, it, so those, I believe that, that you know, from a faith base that we were, we were wildly successful because of the week-to-week the, the -week impact we had on people's lives. They'd been treated in ways that they'd never been treated before or not in recent, their recent lives. And then some of them really took advantage of it. Many of them didn't take advantage of it, but that was on them. That wasn't on us. Yeah. Uh, and, and many of them, like I said, are, are, were had incredible success. So. See that that's, that's what life's about right there, man. I, I really, you know, you can't take the money with you, but you, you can, you can, you can leave a legacy of the people that you've helped. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and that's something that's that's really been on my on my heart, Ken, in the the last couple of years, and ha has been what I call a generational legacy uh, impact, or living living your life in a way consciously and intentionally uh, to to make a difference on the life difference in the lives of those people that come after you. And I, I think of my grandparents. I mentioned you know they they came as immigrants through through uh, Ellis Island uh, Immigration Center in New York. And, and I, I think about it, my grandfather had not decided to come to America, if he had decided to just, just stay in Austria-Hungary and, and build a life there. You know, I, I, obviously I wouldn't be here today in, in a little bit of a humorous uh, standpoint, but, but I, 
you know, all of the lives that we were able to help through this second second chance uh, ministry type business would never have been uh, impacted in in the way their lives would have would have been impacted. So to me, uh, in living intentionally, uh, living in, in a way that's going to have an impact. You know, what one of the things I say uh, today is uh, I, I want my I don't only want my grandchildren to remember me and the great experiences that we have together. I want their children to know who I who I am and not so much again, not egotistically. I always get when I say this, I always get concerned that it's that it's self-centered. I don't mean it in that way. I mean it in a way that they knew they know what I stand for, that that they grow up knowing what I stand for. So that's amazing. You know, my wife's father, I think he was second generation Hungarian. Did you know oh, that? Oh wow. No, I don't think I don't think Jill and I I'm not, I apologize, Jill, if I if we did, but I don't second, think we did. Second, or uh, she's she's on here. She'll she'll second or third. I, I don't remember, but um, yeah. Um, so so that see that's that's uh, and I don't think that's egotistical at all. And even if it is, so what? I because I I think that that if more people live their life in in the direction of how am I going to impact generations to come? And how am I going to, how are my grandchildren's children going to remember me? You know, in a positive way, I think we'd be in a much better world. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I've read this somewhere. This isn't my quote, but I've read where people plan more for a one week vacation than they plan for their lives. And, and I just go like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. You know, it's but, true. But we don't, we don't stop and, and, and we're just not an, uh, intentional. Most people just are not intentional of, about how they're living. I, I, you know, the analogy I always give is it's kind of like being in a boat on the water with no oars and just letting life kind of, kind of, or that life happen. and the current and the flow happen, happen to you. Yeah. His father came from Hungary when he was a child. There you go. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. And you're right, man. I, I I mean, you know, all the greats talk about it. Jim Rohn and and Zig Ziglar and and you. <laughs> <laughs> I I've I just I literally just published a a, a little uh, book slash journal a few days ago. Um, called the 10 minute mastery journal that it's, it's literally because people don't map out their days, man. They don't map out their days no. and then they get to the end of the day to go to bed and they're like, what did, so what did I do today? Did I, do? I yeah. just, I reacted to everything instead of being intentional. I love that you just said that, man. So, so, you know, <clears throat> and, and, and this kind of leads into, the 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 one question I love to ask, and I always ask at the end of the show, but we're not at the end yet. But I'm going to ask anyway. <laughs> what, in your opinion, in your experience, too? Um, okay, fear's the number one answer, so you got to do better. Um, <laughs> what do you think holds people back from two two things in life? Number one, real financial success. And number two, real happiness and, and freedom. 
in life. And, and, and listen, I think money and happiness are related contrary to what a lot of people say you take it, unless we all lived on a, 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 an Island and lived off coconut milk or something, but like you take a broke, 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 depressed person and hand them a million dollars. I promise you they're going to be happier. Even if it's for a fleeting moment, they're going to be happy. So, so what do you well, think holds people back? Yeah. And, and my, my, my dad used to, he, he's, uh, he's remembered in, within the family by a lot of one liners. And one of the things he used to say, you know, rich or poor, it's always nice to have money. <laughs> and, and, um, but, um, I think, um, I think on the real financial success, it's, it's reckon, I think a big part of it is recognizing where your money is going, have a, and this is important in business. It's knowing your numbers. We always say that action coach has taught that it's knowing your numbers of your business. Yeah. And I don't mean that you could go look them up, but I mean, knowing them, you know, being able to, to, to have them uh, at the tip of your tongue, top of mind. And I think personally as well, it's, in, it's important to, to know your numbers and then, and, and know where your money is going. Uh, and then I think it's it's uh, what what what's priority in your life uh, as to where you're going to put that that money. And and again, I'm not going to remember the specific numbers on what I'm what I'm going to say here. But if you invested at least uh, even as as little as 10 percent a year of your income and you did that in a disciplined fashion deliberately year after year, you'll be a millionaire. Uh, and, and and so. I think it's important to, to to be disciplined with with some savings and investment, as well as disciplined in knowing where your numbers go. I it's interesting. I'll pit, I'll uh, I'll pitch somebody else's book here. A guy by the name of David Bach. Uh, just reading some of some of his books. Actually, uh, um, Joe's uh, wife gave me this suggestion, and it's um it's um smart couples plan to be rich or something of that nature. But it just David Bach. And, and he goes in very, very deliberately and, and says that you don't need a lot of money necessarily to, to uh, retire comfortably because he's, he also wrote another book, I think, called The Latte Factor. You know, look at where your money goes. I, I remember my wife, uh, uh, before she changed uh, jobs, uh, she she was working in an office and and would go to the office and and she knew I mean everybody was making about the same amount of money and it wasn't yeah. terribly uh, a lot and but these uh, the younger generation would come in with every day with a with a latte from Starbucks or their breakfast from McDonald's and you know boy don't even don't even have to sacrifice terribly but if you cut that in half and took that amount of money that's that's going to be a hundred to two hundred dollars a month that yeah. everybody could find and, and, and invest. Um, and things like you know, if you do work for a company that's got a four hundred one k plan, I just had this conversation over Easter with my son to make sure: Are you maximizing your four hundred one k that they allow you to invest because they match? It's like an automatic fifty percent you're going to make on your investment if if they match your four hundred one k. So it's stuff like that that I think makes a makes a huge difference on people really being financially successful. And, and I don't think they have to be making huge amounts of money. They just have to know where their numbers are going. I think the other thing about freedom and, 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 and happiness is 
you've got to you've got to know who who you are and and who you're supposed to be and and measure yourself based on who who you feel you're supposed to be based on your purpose and not always measure yourself solely on am i wealthy <clears throat> or is my bank account big or is my net worth high <clears throat> not saying those things are bad I, i'm just saying the the how you measure yourself and this is something i've come to grips with having owned that telemarketing company that was not really successful I started to look at how am I measuring myself, Ken? And right. when it was the number of lives that I that I I didn't impact, but the number of lives that God allowed me to to impact, the the number of lives that came across my path that I could that I could either be just one link in the chain or or be the one that helped them across the finish line. That to me, your measurements on on uh, your success is going to be one where where you can get up every day and 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 go do it and 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 have joy and and, and have happiness so um, see i think i think that you you were the one impacting them i know you don't I, I, and here's what look you could have been changing oil at a jiffy lube or something instead you're out here doing doing your thing you're doing what what your heart led you to do and i think that people people uh, have a tendency of not listening to their heart mm -hmm. and, and not, or they hear it, but they don't follow it. <laughs> right. That's true. No, that's very, very true. So and then the other thing, Ken, and the other thing I'll just mention is I think our disciplines, you know, like I, I work hard. I have a, I have a, a morning ritual and discipline that I will not break. Uh, yeah. and it, and part of it is, is uh, manages my energy. Uh, for the day, which is a lot of time people talk about managing their time. I, I work to manage my energy levels during the day. And it starts out, you know, with a workout. It starts out in my what I call my prayer closet. So so yeah. spiritually I'm getting connected. And and honestly, Ken, when I don't do that in a day, I, I, I can tell, you know, at the end of the day, I can tell I skipped my workout or I can tell I skipped my my uh, prayer closet time. Yeah. I, I really, I really can't. I mean, it, it's noticeable. Yeah. And, and so I think uh, people are successful based on the, the rituals, the habits uh, they build. Your habits make up 80 or 90% of your life. You know, what you're going to do every day is based on the habits you've created, bad Amen. or good. Amen. Dan Altmeyer wants to know what your connection to the Washington Nationals is. It, it was, it's a was, and I was a chaplain for their double A affiliate wow. in, here in Harrisburg. So for seven seasons, seven years, uh, I was, I was a chaplain here in, in town. And that, that was, again, it was a great opportunity. You know, we saw kids making no money there and kids that were millionaires already, you know, by the time they were 18. And, wow. and so I was able to, to pour into their lives uh, Sunday mornings when they were home got to do a little little preaching on Sunday mornings when they were home but also also had the opportunity to to pour into them one on one we would get the guys together either in small groups or I would get the I would even you know get together with guys one on one and um and then we were also what's called a, a host family so actually we had players staying with us cuz they don't they're very tran, uh, transient so to speak at, at that level of baseball so they never know when they're going to be called up or, or pulled down in the system. And so they can't really get apartments. Uh, uh, hotels are too expensive. So they have this, this loose system of host families. So, wow. so we, we host uh, for a number of years, we hosted some of the kids. That's amazing, man. Wow.
I didn't know that you were a chaplain. Wow. I was. I was. Yep. <laughs> and, and, I speak, and I speak Japanese too, so nobody ever knows that either. Ah, watashi wa nihongo ga skoshi anasemasa. <laughs> I worked at Honda for three, almost three years, man. And I had some Japanese friends. That's literally the only thing I can say is I speak a little <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> oh, very cool. I've, I've been to the Honda plant in, uh, in, very, uh, and, and met the president of Honda us, uh, lot, lot, many, you know, 20 yeah. some years ago. I, I got cool. to meet Mr. Honda before he died. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very, that is yeah. cool. That yeah, really cool. it was pretty cool. But yeah, and I love the Japanese culture. It's amazing. It's amazing. Look, Jill. Jill said no end to Don's talents. No <laughs> kidding. No kidding. We I, don't, I feel very I feel very uncomfortable always saying this stuff. So I, uh, um, I just uh, my my mentor, one of my mentors, other than say in addition to Jeffrey, is a gentleman by the name uh, that's long past uh, by the name of uh, Charlie Tremendous Jones. And Charlie and Zig and Roan yeah. were always a lot of the guys that were out there. And um, yeah, Charlie, again, for kind of faith-based reasons, Charlie was also very, always very concerned about him getting the spotlight. You know, I everything I have and and any talents or any experience that I've had, I, I just feel that God uh, opened those doors. God gave me those talents to be used uh, for his purposes. So I always feel uh, I just awkward, you know, if the spotlight's on me. So dude, I think it for that's what this show's about, man. And I, I think that that like Jill says, you should be proud of your gifts and talents because you are man, you're a hidden gem. I didn't even know about you. And and and, and it blows my mind. Man. I, I just like if anybody said, Do you know the CEO of Action Coach? I would have said, Yeah, it's that other guy, that Brad, Brad Sugar guy. So I, I didn't even know. That's amazing. So Jamie Green is on, by the way. She said hello. So hey Jamie. We love Jamie. So love um, Jamie. so you know, um, I'll tell you something. I didn't go to college. I grew up in a in a in a, a much different environment. Um, and and in fact, in in twelfth grade, um, they said you didn't get a biology credit in tenth grade, and you need that to graduate. And I said, well, that's stupid. Why why why? And I'm never dissecting a frog again. And and they're like well, it's just the rules. And I'm like, well, your rules are stupid and I'm out of here. So I walked out and I had taken trig, analytic, geometry, calculus, aced all of that. I was really good at math. Um, but but I, I just said, this is stupid. I'm not coming back for a whole year for one credit. And so I walked out and, and, and I realized after I quit Honda, because I went to work at Honda pretty much right out of, of high school, um, I, I realized I, how much I hated working in a factory. There are no windows in that place, by the way, <laughs> none when you're working on the line. And so I, I was like, I got to get into sales. So I did. And I started studying Zig and Brian Tracy and all the greats and, and Jeffrey eventually. And, and, you know, I'll tell you something. I, I think that it's been, there's been moments in my life owning businesses where it was difficult. And I remember one particular day, one of my employees comes in and said, and it was right after Jill and I opened up our first office. 
And he says, there's a guy looking in the windows of your SUV in the parking lot. And I'm like, well, tell him to get the heck out of here. You're bigger than I am, dude. And, and he goes, I would. He has it blocked with his tow truck. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and dude, oh, no. I mean, you want to talk about a day. I, I honestly, it was the most humiliating day of my life having my car towed in front of my employees and yep. there was nothing wrong with my car. So, uh, <laughs> you know, for the people who are, and I think 2020 presented a lot of challenges for people. Um, the suicide rates skyrocketed, uh, you know, people just uh, ha have, have been through a lot of struggles in the last year or so. And, and for those people who are barely hanging on, to life. They've tried everything in their business. They've, they, they, they don't know which way to go. What do you say to the people who are just barely hanging on Don? Like if they called you up and said, I, my car just got repoed. My electric's being shut off tomorrow. I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out and I, I need help. Would, would you, what would you say to them? Yeah, wow, that's a that's a tough question in in uh, thirty seconds or a minute that you probably have left. I, no, I, I go as long as you need to go. I just yeah. I I would say something that hit me, um, and again, I'm not going to remember the guy's name, but there's a gentleman. I think he's uh, Canadian. Now he might be even also. I think might be Australian. Uh, he he was um, his mother took w one of these uh, morning sickness drugs that later that later was found to, to create. Uh, to, to, to create birth defects. He was born with no arms uh, I, I, and no, no limb. I think he's got, he's got like a little toe or, or yeah. something. It's just um, Nick, Nick Volovich. Yes, yes. 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 Uh, I was, I was able, I was at a couple of Nick's events wow. over the course of life. Uh, uh, and what, what struck me was that, and, and I try to look at when, I, when I'm in, have been at, at the, my, bottoms, you know, not paying, able to pay my bills, having to call people I owed money and, and try to work something out with them. I just always I looked at it that my worst day, somebody hopes for my worst day. Somebody's better or best day is my worst day. And, and when, and, and that just gives me hope to, yeah. to feel like I'm, I'm going to get through this and, and someone else would, would just be tickled pink, you know, for example, to not already be out on the street, you know, thrown out of their apartment, you know, maybe I'm having trouble paying my electric bills and stuff, but somebody else has already been evicted or they're, they're, they're living in, in the cold because the electric's always been turned off, already right. been turned off. So I, I just look, I've, I've gotten through my worst times by believing that, that somebody else would love to have my status where I am at the moment. Uh, and then the other thing for me is just honestly is my faith, Ken. I, I just uh, I believe in the long run that I'm I'm on this earth, but I'm I, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Uh, I, I believe I'm going to end up in a in a in a different place that's going to have no pain, that's going to have no sickness, that's going to have no overdue bills, and yeah. and uh, that's my hope in the long run that I can. I can survive this 70 or 80 or however many number of years I'm allowed to live here. I can survive anything here because my, my real goal uh, 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 is to end up in the right place 
for thousands of years, you know, for eternity. And so that's always my hope is I, I'll get through what I'm going through here because because I know in the long run, I'm not going to be here forever. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. What are some some final words of of hope and inspiration? You know, I have a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs that watch the show or listen to it on the podcast. What are what are some final words that you would would leave them with to to take their business and their lives to the next next level? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. I I, I would say be a be a continuous learner. If they're if they're listening to you, they're they're doing things that they're trying. They're trying to tap into other resources. They're trying to gain other knowledge, and and so I think uh, the the most successful people I've seen are are continual learners. And and don't go into something. You know, if you want to get into real estate, you know, uh, you know, get some education. You know, pick up a book on real estate. Uh, go to a go to a seminar on real estate if you if you want to flip houses. Don't don't go in it you know with your last dime go, before you get some education. Um, and then the other thing, honestly, is 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 truly the 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 building of habits. Uh, I, I, honestly, I, I I so strongly believe that our life. If you really look at your life, it's made up of the habits that 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 you have and and. 80 to 90, I strongly believe 80 to 90% of our life is lived through the habits we've created. And, and I would emphasize if you've got bad habits, uh, don't just try to eliminate the bad habit. It's got to be replaced with, with a good habit. Um, yeah. and, and, and I've seen a lot of people, for example, try to quit smoke. I should say a lot. I've seen people try to quit smoking and they just try to quit smoking. Well, they need to replace it with a habit of okay. When I would have, when I would have had a smoke, uh, instead of maybe eating something, well, I'll go take a walk. Every yeah. time I, I, you know, replace the bad habits with good habits, uh, and and then you'll be creating a life of good habits. And and so I, I, that's how I think I'd answer in the, in the short run. That's what I think I'd answer, Ken. What is your, I should have asked you this early on. What's your website address, Don? Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got two, two websites, uh, I'll point you from a business perspective, more to franchise building expert.com that encompasses anything that I do franchise related, either helping people into a franchise or if they think they want to franchise their business, that's that's the place to go. Any kind of training uh, around franchising, that's the best website. But I also have uh, DonaldShin.com, and and I've got a number of other uh, coaching and and some and personal personal blogs and things uh, on there. So that's a that's another one, a good one to go to as well. Okay. Well, I've got franchisebuildingexpert.com scrolling across the bottom. Thank you. Um, and and where should everybody follow you on social media? Where's the best place? <laughs> That's a great question too. Uh, I, I do most everything right now on LinkedIn. So I, okay. I'd say, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. That, that That's probably the best place right now. Um, okay. I do have a I do have a Facebook page that is uh, related to franchise building expert, so you can you can uh, find some some resources there. But that's not as extensive as probably what you'll see on my on my LinkedIn profile. 
I'm going to convince Don to join the the Grow Live Academy so he can work on his social media. I'm this close. <laughs> I am this close, my friend. I am he's, this close. He's saving, he's saving his money for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's more a challenge of time right now. I, I've I got – um, the majority of my time is committed to my uh, to Action Coach, where my biggest com commit commitment yeah, is. Yeah, right, right. But I've got a number of other things. Um, a number of other things I'm doing uh, that, uh, yeah, that will will pop out in, in yeah, the next uh, yeah. next ninety days. Well, Don, I you know first it, I, I I feel horrible that I had to stand you up for dinner last week. Um, because I, I was like, what was I thinking scheduling dinner on my, my night that I do my, my weekly group coaching call. But I, I, I honestly, man, I, I'm honored and privileged that, um, first we got to have dinner with you when we were at the, um, the, the mastermind and second yeah. that you took the time to come on here and share your wisdom and your story. And it's, it's You're an amazing man. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate the opportunity. It's always great to share. And and the uh, my uh, my mantra in life uh, or mission statement, whatever you might want to call it, is to radically and relent relentlessly give value and impact lives for for the glory of God. So this is an opportunity. I, I love when you you know one of your your uh, your intro slides talked about help uh, uh, helping us uh, through stories, and so. This just aligns with me uh, tremendously. So this was a this was a blessing and a real opportunity for me too, Ken. Thank you. Wow, thank Thanks you. I, I I appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who's watched, everyone who shared this out. Um, there are extra points for you probably in heaven or something for sharing this out. So thank you for that. <laughs> I'm not speaking for God, by the way. Um, but thank you. I appreciate it. And and we will see everybody tomorrow. Don, thank you so much again. You bet. My pleasure. Thank you, Ken. Hang on for a minute for me. Thank you.